0: All right, guys, this is it. The debut of French Toast Sports is finally here, and we will be talking about the NFL 2020 season today. Um, I just want to thank you guys for patiently waiting with me. Uh, I've been very busy doing a lot of things. Uh, Of course, I wanted to get this started back in March when March Madness was going on, but of course, coronavirus happened, and, you know, everything Kind of went out of whack for a little bit, but we're back on track and I'm going to talk about the 2020 NFL season and we're going to be talking about week one. So we do post other content. We will be posting NBA, MLB, and NHL content as well as college football and college basketball. We're not sure when college basketball is going to start yet. So, um, Not sure if we'll have that this year or not, but if we do, we will be posting content for it. So, But today, we are just going to talk about the NFL season, specifically week one, and we are going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. So the spread right now, as it stands, is the Seahawks as two-point favorites. The total is 49, and I have to say, at first glance, I like the Falcons. A couple of reasons why. I like Todd Gurley coming back to Atlanta. Um, he was a Georgia Bulldog in his college days, and now that everyone's kind of wrote him off, I think that uh, I think that he has a pretty good season this year. Seattle's not typically a very good road team. They uh they typically play better when they're at home at CenturyLink. It's probably going to be a like a a one possession game the entire game. But if I had to give the edge to someone, I'm going to give it to the home team and the Falcons on this one. Um, a couple of fantasy players I like in this game. I'm gonna go with Tyler Lockett with the Seattle Seahawks. I know everybody loves D.K. Metcalf, um, but I think Tyler Lockett is the go-to play here. He's a he's a sure-handed guy. Russell Wilson loves to go his way, and um, I think that he has his way with whoever is um, across from him. For the Falcons, love Todd Gurley. I've been saying it all year that Todd Gurley is probably one of my favorite running backs for the 2020 season. I also like... Um, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, I think, you know, going against their number two corner will be getting a, um, a fairly easy matchup going against the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm going to go with the Falcons in a close one as of right now. It's not an official pick. I will be posting my official picks sometime on Sunday before the games. Look for it probably around... 10 10 30 because i uh i work on sunday so i'm not sure when i'm going to be able to post but i will do it sometime before kickoff but if i have to make an official pick <clears throat> excuse me an official pick as of right now i'm gonna go ahead and go with the atlanta falcons i just feel like at home seattle away from their CenturyLink link um i'm gonna go with the atlanta falcons on this one All right, so next up, we have the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. So, interesting matchup here. Um, Of course, you have Odell in the news for all the wrong reasons, as the Browns usually are. And the Ravens return the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. an, An enormous season from him last year. The offense looks just as potent as it was last year, if not more so, with the addition of J.K. Dobbins. Um, This is a tough game though Because I feel like this is Baker's prove it year Whether or not he really has it He's got all the weapons He really doesn't have any excuses now So it's You know it's an AFC North Divisional game week one Kind of a statement game for the Browns But gun to my head I gotta go Ravens here Their defense is just too tough The Ravens um Ravens offense you know it used to be so boring with Joe Flacco back in the day when they had uh him you know throwing passes to guys like uh oh man, uh Owen Daniels and uh you, you know all those guys that they don't really have like a a star player on that team and now it seems like they have a standout at every position so really like the Ravens here. Um, I'm gonna go final score. Give me the Ravens 28, the Browns 13. The Browns they have all the potential, you know. On paper, it looks like they should be a better team than they are because defensively they have Miles Garrett, they have Denzel Ward, they just have an they have an abundance of talent. But it just doesn't seem like whoever they get at coach can you know, get them to show up on game day and all the pieces just don't seem to mesh well together. Um, I think Odell is kind of a cancer um, just from what I've seen. I just feel like his his energy is kind of off-putting. I understand where he's coming from. He wants the ball and that's what you want to see from your, your, your go-to receiver. But I think he has to also understand that it affects everyone else on the team when he acts out like that. It doesn't really do anybody any good to throw a temper tantrum on the sideline like that. So probably another disappointing year for the uh, for the Browns here. I'm going to go uh, Ravens 28, the Browns 13. Again, not an official pick, but um, if I have to make a pick here, on the air, I'm going to go with the Ravens. All right, so the next game we have on the docket, AFC East divisional game at one o'clock, we have the Jets and the Bills. Total is uh oh. Also, forgot to mention the the Browns and the Ravens. The spread is seven and a half, and the total is forty eight. Um, I like the I like the Ravens minus seven and a half the spread has come down all the way from nine and a half to seven and a half. And usually that large of a move, um, especially across a key number is pretty significant, almost enough to make me change my mind. But again, the Ravens, they return the MVP. Um, I don't really see any holes on their team to speak of. And I'm, I just have a feeling that the Browns are just going to have another imploding season. So give me the Ravens. Uh, It's going to be a while before the Browns figure it out if they do at all this season. So I'll take the Ravens. They're the more polished team here. As for the Falcons and the Seahawks, the spread was Seattle minus 2, and the total was 49. I'm going to go with the Falcons plus the 2, and give me the over 49. I I have a feeling this game... Is going to be one of the higher scoring games on the um on the slate, along with the another game that I'm going to get to later. But I have a feeling this one's going to be a shootout with the Falcons pulling it out late. So give me the over and Atlanta. And then in the Browns Ravens game, give me the Ravens and give me the under. I know it's kind of weird taking the favorite and the under. Because you're laying all those points, yet they still have to go under, you know. So you have to have the favorite cover, you know, a lot of points, but you also have the game go under. Usually, it goes favorite and over. That's kind of the the uh, the pairing that you would take in that instance, and then you would take the underdog and the under because it's going to be a lower scoring game, giving the underdog a chance to cover the spread um, as well. So, kind of a weird. Pairing there, but I see it going under the total of 48 and the Ravens covering there now back to the Jets and the Bills you have Kind of a a weird scenario with the Jets where um, You know Sam Darnold. He was kind of the the chosen QB him and Baker with his first two QBs taken and I don't know. I'm kind of torn here because the Jets are a really bad team. I mean, really bad team, and they have probably one of the worst coaches in the game in Adam Gase. The Bills, they're the everybody loves the Bills, man. They are, you know, their defense is good. They have a good coach in Sean McDermott. Josh Allen, you know, plays like an MVP at sometimes. And then he does things like you know, throw the football away like he did against the Texans last year. Just mind-boggling stuff. I actually like the Jets here. And not only do I like them with the points, I think I like them straight up. And I'm going to give you a couple reasons why here. Um, I think Sam Darnold has a breakout year this year. This is the year I think Sam Darnold finally realizes his potential everyone's kind of wrote him off. Everyone's already said that Josh Allen is better than Sam Darnold. This is a prove it game for for Sam Darnold. And um, I think that he, you know, he's got a couple of new weapons. Um, you know, he returns Jameson Crowder, he adds Brashard Perriman, they have Clive Herndon back, and then they also add Frank Gore to the running back room, which is to me a a, a huge upgrade. Um because he brings not only veteran leadership but he's still playing at a very efficient level even you know into his you know mid to late 30s. I don't, I don't know how old he is but I have a feeling he's got to be older than 35 at this point so um, big ups to Frank Gore still playing at a, a very efficient level and with him and Bell in the backfield uh, I think everyone's kind of wrote off the jets for trading Jamal Adams Which, you know, is kind of fair considering it looks like they're just tanking for Trevor Lawrence at this point. You know, you trade away one of your franchise pieces and it looks like you're just going to you know settle for whatever draft pick you get. But opening week against a divisional opponent, I will take the six and a half. I would also sprinkle a little bit on the money line. They're a very live dog here. The Bills offense, even though they add Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen isn't a very accurate quarterback. I could see this game being very close throughout, um, and it's going to give the Jets a chance. You know, All it takes is a fumble, a pick, one mistake, and the Jets are right in the thick of it. So give me the Jets. And as for the total, um, it's at 40. It's very low. It's a very low total, guys. I got to go over. I got to go over. It's just, it's a very, very small number. And I, I got to think that one of these teams breaks like the mid-20s, which if it's a one position game, then, you know, I'll, I'll say like 24-20, something like that. Give me the Jets. But um it'll probably be under for most of the game. And then the fourth quarter will happen. A lot of weird stuff will happen, and it'll probably go over. So give me the Jets. And the, uh, the over in that one. Uh, a fantasy player that I like from each team. Give me Brashard Perriman from the Jets. He's the new guy. He's the new deep threat that they have. So give me him. And then for the Bills, uh, give me Dawson Knox, the tight end. I love Dawson Knox. Big red zone threat. Big body. Um so give me Dawson Knox if uh, if I have to take a Bills player. Going back to the Browns-Ravens, because I don't think I gave a fantasy player for, for um, those games. Give me Mark Andrews from the Ravens. Mark Andrews, again, another big body. If they get inside the red zone, you know he's a an option. And then for the Browns, You know, since I see the Browns not really scoring much, not really doing much, Nick Chubb could rack up a lot of yards, maybe even sneaks in the end zone, gets them their, their only touchdown of the game. Um, so give me Nick Chubb. You know, he gets some catches out of the backfield, rack up a lot of yards in between the 20s. Maybe he scores a touchdown. So I'll, I'll take Nick Chubb. I don't like any of the receivers, to be honest with you. Um, They just have very tough matchups. It's tough to go against that secondary, but I'll take Nick Chubb um, for the Browns. Moving on to the next game on the docket, we have the new look Las Vegas Raiders. No longer in Oakland. They're in Vegas, and they'll be taking on the new look Carolina Panthers who have Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, not Cam Newton. So, It's going to be an interesting game out there in Carolina. The spread is the Raiders are three-point favorites, and the Panthers, or excuse me, the total is 47. So what do I think? I think, again, another coin flip. I mean, a lot of these games, you know, week one, you don't know what's going to happen. That's just the thing. You don't know. You don't know how these teams are going to come out. Um, and it, it's just really hard to say week one without seeing any sort of data or stats. That's why I always tell people early on in any sport, don't bet the house. You know, it's, it's never a good idea to do anyways. <laughs> uh, I don't think that goes without saying, but don't bet a large amount on things that you can't see, or you haven't seen yet, rather. So if I have to bet this game, I would go with the Panthers. I think they are just the better team here. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, definitely is a huge upgrade from whatever the garbage they had last year. You know, Will Greer, Kyle Allen just didn't work for them. So I think that Teddy B is a huge upgrade um, from both of those guys. They have a couple of uh, of weapons aside from McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel um, that are going to give them a a legitimate one-two punch. And then uh, they also have Ian Thomas, the tight end in the red zone. So give me the Panthers. I'll take the home team here. I don't think the Raiders win until they have their home debut. That would be a huge, huge first win for the franchise. You know, they move to Las Vegas. They play in the What what the fans are calling the Death Star, which if you haven't seen the stadium, I think it's by far the coolest stadium in the NFL. You got to check it out. It's completely blacked out. It's perfect for the Raiders. It fits them so well. But um, I don't see them winning this game. I've never been a big Derek Carr guy. You know he shows flashes, um, but just a very inconsistent guy. Um, You know, he again, he shows the flashes that he can be the franchise. And then there are times where you just you just question whether or not um, he's the future out there in Las Vegas. So I'm going to go with the Panthers. As for the total. I don't know. I, I, I think I think it goes under 47. You know, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't throw the deep ball. Can't really throw the deep ball. Um, so I think that it goes under 47, but I I would, I think the more confident bet in my eyes would be the Panthers plus the three couple of fantasy players from each team. I'm going to go with, you know, I could just go with Christian McCaffrey. That's kind of obvious, but I'll give you another one for the Panthers. Uh, DJ Moore, I think, is my breakout receiver of the year. I think he is going to just impact the game yards after the catch. You know, he's just he's a threat to take it to the house. You could give him the end around reverses. There's so many things you could do with him. Um, he's he's just like a Swiss Army knife. So, give me DJ Moore for the Panthers, and then for the Raiders. kinda of tough because I don't think they have Tyrell Williams. He probably would have been my pick here, but I think he's out for the year. So I either like Hunter Renfro or Henry Ruggs. Uh Renfro, you know, he's been in the league for a year now. I think he was a or a year or two. No, this might be his this might be his second year. Um I like Hunter Renfro. And Henry Ruggs, I, I don't know if this is the week I would take him. It's his first week, you know. It's it's probably going to take any rookie receiver um, a, a few weeks at least to get their feet wet in the NFL. But um, Henry Ruggs at some point will definitely be a threat. But I guess if I have to take one guy from the Raiders, it would be Hunter Renfro because I think they'll be trailing for a majority of the game, and he will get peppered with targets. So, um, next game on the list. We have the Bears traveling to Ford Field to take on the Detroit Lions. The spread is Detroit favored by three, and the total is 43. This game, kind of tough. Again, you have another divisional game. Divisional games are always tough, man. They're just, you know, Looking at it, you'd say, oh, it's Mitch Trubisky going against the Lions. They're on the road. you got to take the Lions, right? I don't know if that's the case. I mean, the Lions, I think, have the better offense for sure. But the Bears' defense, I think, is significantly better It matches up pretty well with the Lions. Um, a very tough game. It's going to be probably go down to the wire, and then, you know, coin flip. Really, who has the ball last? If I have to take a team, I would probably go with the Bears. Um, now, I think Lions – I think the Lions probably have about a six or a seven-win season this year. But um, the Bears – I Here's the thing that kind of irks me with – the Trubisky hate is that I think most of it is justified, but he's not really working with too much out there um, in reality. You know, he's he's got David Montgomery who's nice, but he you know, and then you have Tariq Cohen who's more of just a scat back. He's not really anybody you would trust in between the tackles. You have a nice option in Allen Robinson, but now you got Ted Ginn. Um, who I think is a nice add, but, you know, he's also getting up there in years. So then I think you also have Cordero Patterson, who's more of a kick return guy. He's not really a receiver. So you're not really giving him, um, like, the, the, the best chance to succeed. Now, I think they drafted Cole Komet out of Notre Dame as their tight end, which, to me, is a huge, and I do mean huge, addition to this offense. I think he has the potential to uh, to really stretch the field for the Bears, give them something over the middle, and kind of uh, space out the defense a little bit more, and maybe give Allen Robinson a chance to be more one-on-one, whereas this, you know, it takes the safety out if you put the safety on the tight end. Now you give a little one-on-one action with Allen Robinson. Maybe that helps out Trubisky. I don't know. But Matt Matt Nagy has got to figure things out. He's got to figure out what works best for Trubisky, or else they're going to have to go to Nick Foles. So give me the Bears week one. Yeah, uh, I like the Bears plus the three. They're a a small money line dog. And then as for the total, again, I think – I think this one goes under the total. Um, You know, Stafford Stafford loves to sling it, man. He just loves to sling it. So it's hard to take the under in a game like this. But I think the Bears match up so well with the Lions on defense. So I'm going to take the Bears and the under. And that actually, on Sunday, that might be an official play for me. I, I really, the more I look at it, And the more hate I see from the general public against Trubisky, you know, you got to like teams that have a chip on their shoulder coming into the year. You have to. That's all they've been hearing for the entire offseason is Trubisky can't do this. Trubisky can't do that. And eventually, you know, they're provincial athletes. They're humans. They're going to take that and use it as fuel. And you're you're a fool if you think otherwise. So I got to go with the Bears here. I think Nagy will figure it out and uh, get the Bears a nice off to a nice start to the season with a 1-0 start. So a um, couple of players from each teams for the Bears has to be Allen Robinson. I mean, if they can figure out any way to get him the ball. You know, Allen Robinson is probably one of my favorite receivers in the game, and he really hasn't even – and given a fair shake in terms of offenses and quarterbacks. If you think about it, he started off with the Jags and Blake Bortles. Then he went on to Cody Kessler. Then he got traded to the bears and has had to work with Mitch Trubisky who I'm not saying is bad, but I'm also not saying it's good either. You know, I think Trubisky is probably like a mid tier quarterback, a little bit below sometimes for the most part um, but he has the potential to be serviceable, like a game manager, if you will. Um, but yeah, Allen Robinson, man, Allen Robinson, he's a, he's a vertical threat. He can win one on ones. I like a Rob. And then for the Lions, why not take another receiver? Um, take your pick. Do you like Marvin Jones? Do you like Kenny Galladay? One of those guys, I think, has a pretty nice day for the Lions. I would probably bank on uh Marvin Jones having a little bit better of a day because he's gonna be going against the number two corner. So Marvin Jones will probably be a nice option. But again, when you when you have an elite receiver like Kenny Galladay, and he absolutely, based on metrics last year, is an elite receiver, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter who's in front of him. He's just gonna win. So You know, whether you like Galladay, whether you like Marvin, take your pick, and I think you still have a, a pretty nice day. Next on the list, we have the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. A pretty boring matchup on the surface, but there's a lot at stake this year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number one, they're most likely going to be tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Gardner Minshew is the answer, and I think the Jags know that. That's why they got rid of Yannick Ngakwe. They're just having a fire sale. They're trying to feel out the market and get rid of anybody who has any sort of value so they can start building a team around their future franchise quarterback, who most likely will end up being Trevor Lawrence if they end up with the number one spot. For your survivor pools, the Indianapolis Colts have to be at the top of your list if you haven't used the Kansas City Chiefs already. They're going against the Jags. The Jags, whether you know whether this is a pandemic or not, the Jags don't have fans show up to the stadium anyways. So, you know, uh, the Colts, you know, they have a good enough offense, best offensive line in football. Uh, Phillip Rivers, you know, hopefully... You know, they can keep him upright and uh, out of injury trouble because if if Rivers is able to play a full 16, Colts are definitely going to be a playoff team. You know, they have a couple of decent weapons in T.Y. Hilton and uh, Michael Pittman. They also have uh, a nice stable of running backs in the backfield. Again, best offensive line in football. And uh, the defense is, you know, kind of coming around. Now that they have Darius Leonard. And a couple of nice pieces in the secondary, so I I gotta go with the Colts big here. They're seven and a half point favorites. The Jags might sneak in the back door um, because they're gonna be probably throwing the majority of the second half because they'll be trailing, but I doubt it. I, I gotta go. You know, some. T- you know, everyone thinks it's a conspiracy uh, or the spread is too low when they see the Colts only favored by a little bit more than a touchdown against the Jags. I don't think that's the case. It's week one. You can't really make the spread too much big bigger because, uh, you know, both teams haven't played a game in six months. So you never really see a a too high of a spread week one. Anyways, I think the Colts and let's go with the under, uh, We'll go with the Colts in the under here. See another low scoring game. You know, the Colts probably put up like mid 20s. Uh maybe 24 to 27 points. But I can't really see the Jaguars sc- scoring too many points. Um, you know, Minshew, he's got that Brett Favre like mentality where he just chucks, chucks, chucks. And that's good for fantasy, but it's not good for an actual team because. Uh, You know, it's going to lead to interceptions. It's going to lead to um, overthrown balls. And the Jags offense is it's a it's a nightmare, to say the least. You know, they have some nice receivers, Chark, Westbrook. I believe they drafted uh, LaVisca Chenault, um, who I think will probably be a significant piece in that offense at some point in the future. But their backfield is Rykel Armstead. It looks like he's going to be the feature back. Don't know how much I trust that. And uh, I I, got to go with the Colts here big. I think that they are just the the superior team in every So I think that the Colts are the superior team here. So I'm just going to go ahead and take the Colts minus the points and the under as well. Next game we have is the Packers traveling to the Minnesota Vikings. The spread is two and a half in favor of the Vikings, and the total is at 45 and a half. First glance at this game, I was kind of leaning towards the Vikings. I'm not going to lie. Kirk Cousins, very underrated quarterback. Uh, I like Dalvin Cook. I think that he... uh, you know, he he has flashes to be um, a top five running back. But, man, is it really hard to go against the Green Bay Packers. Um, especially, again, it all comes down to the disrespect factor. Who is getting disrespected and, um, you know, takes it personally. I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is just one of those guys who, you know, All the stuff that was said about him last year, he's declining, he's falling off, he's this, he's that. Aaron Rodgers heard every single word that people had to say about him. And again, I think he uses that as motivation. He goes out there and he balls out. I think he has a a very nice game. Yes, he's not the A-Rod that he was 10 years ago. But he's still a very good quarterback. And I think that people are really underestimating just how good Aaron Rodgers still can be at his age. I got to take the Packers here. Um, Oh, I forgot to give you a player. I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. I know I'm kind of unorganized here in my first episode. But uh, going back to the Colts-Jags game, I will take... Uh, I'm going to take D.D. Westbrook for the Jags. I'm going to take him. And I will take T.Y. Hilton for the Colts as the two fantasy players to target in that game. Now, as for the Packers, I would target a guy named Alan Lazard if you think it's going to be a shootout. Um, you know, Devontae, he's, he's a beast. But I'm going to try to give you someone that you might not know about where is a little bit underrated. Alan Lazard, I think, has a potential to really break out this year and give him a, a nice compliment to Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones, I think, also has a pretty nice game. I think the Packers' offense really just fires on all cylinders in this game. I see them scoring 30-plus points against the Vikings. As for the Vikings... Thielen, never a bad option. Delvin Cook, he can catch out of the backfield. Anytime they get inside, you know, in the red zone, he's always an option. So really not too um, not too many guys I would shy away from in this game. The totals 45 and a half. I think it definitely goes over. And I would take the Packers as well. So give me the Packers and the over in that game. Again, Aaron Rodgers, he heard you guys. He heard what everybody had to say about him um as a player from a fantasy perspective and I think he he definitely has a has a an A-rod type year. Um maybe you know three, four years ago, back when everyone was basically crowning him one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um which to me he he definitely is. Um, But now people are ready to write him off and say that he's he's not as good, which I, I don't believe at all. So give me the Packers. Give me the over. Next on the list, we have the Dolphins and the Patriots. I'm biased here. I want the Dolphins to win. I'm not going to shy away from that. But do I think we can beat the Patriots? In Foxborough, twice in a row, and now we're going against a dual threat quarterback by the name of Cam Newton. Two words, absolutely not. Bill Belichick probably was salivating all of free agency to get a quarterback like Cam Newton after he found out that Tom Brady would not be returning. To Boston And when he got Cam Newton He knew that he was going to probably coach Another 5-10 years Because let's face it The Patriots Last year They were an okay team You know They were alright And now that You've had several linebackers opt out Um, The the weapons don't look as good. Everyone is ready to write off the Patriots. But like I've always said, when are the Patriots the most dangerous? When everybody writes them off. It's the disrespect factor. There are just certain people that take it to heart when you disrespect them or write them off. Bill Belichick, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, the list goes on. Tom Brady. They just want to win so badly. They want to prove you wrong. And I, I. It's tough to imagine a scenario in which the Dolphins don't lose by double digits. Now, the Dolphins definitely, towards the end of the season, they came together, they played as a unit. They rallied uh, in the second half of the season after it looked like they were going to start off like 0 8, 0 9. Unbelievable. And they finished the season with five wins, which was pretty respectable considering who they had on the roster. But now that you've taken, you know, eight, nine months off and you've lost all that momentum, the Patriots, I think they're just going to carve us up. They'll figure out ways to use Julian Edelman. Uh, The run game will probably rip us to shreds. And uh, I don't see this one being very close. I'm going to have to go with the Patriots and the over, simply because I think the Patriots will almost get the over by themselves. Even though they don't have many weapons, and it doesn't look like a potent offense on the outside, just because... You know, Julian Edelman's probably their their biggest threat. Receiving, um, Cam Newton alone as a dual threat quarterback just makes this team so much more dimensional and harder to guard. So, got to go with the Patriots in this one, and I got to go with them pretty big. And I'm fairly confident that also will be a play on Sunday. But make sure to tune in on Sunday. I will definitely be releasing all of my picks. Um, on the French Toast Sports page. So if you don't already, make sure to follow and subscribe not only to the podcast, but to um, my social media pages. I will also be uploading to Twitter and Instagram in the uh, the weeks to follow. So make sure to follow me on my social media pages and also make sure to uh, subscribe to Anchor. That's where I'm going to be putting all of my podcasts and you guys can kind of check out all the content that we will be putting out over there. So that being said, let's get into the next game. We have the Eagles traveling to the Washington Red. Oh, nope. I can't. I can't say that. Okay. So it looks like the Washington football team, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the R word is no more. And they now have Ron Rivera as their head coach, who I I think, listen, say what you want about the guy. He made a Super Bowl, and he's a defensive guru, and it's a team that just drafted Chase Young and has another raw pass rusher in Vontaze Sweat. This team defensively could be scary. Offensively, no, that's where it kind of gets interesting because they have guys that have potential. They have Dwayne Haskins. They have Terry McLaurin. They had Adrian Peterson, but he left for Detroit. So now it kind of becomes an issue of, okay, if you want to build a smash team, who do you have at running back? to, you know, do the the ground and pound because most defensive teams have a solid running game. They're not going to rely on, you know, the reason why a lot of teams that are horribly defensively choose to throw the ball a lot is because they know they're going to get beat. They might be trailing, so they just chuck it 30, 40 times a game. Washington needs to find an identity. And I think it needs to be running the ball, but I don't think they have the necessary weapons to do so. Um, You know, they lose Trent Williams. That's huge. Um, By the way, the Niners, you know, huge addition for them. So the Washington football team had a horrible offseason, by all accounts. They add Chase Young, that's good. They add Ron Rivera, I also think that's good. But they didn't do enough to identify themselves. And the Eagles are just the better team. You know, say what you want about Carson Wentz, he gets injured all the time. The guy made the playoffs with janitors as wide receivers. I mean, these guys. Shouldn't be allowed within a hundred feet, a hundred yards of a football field. Guys like Nelson Aguilar, who is not even on the team anymore. I, th- I believe he's with the Raiders. So, um, you know, he he hasn't had much to work with out there in Philadelphia. Yet he's still putting up good numbers. So. Much respect to Carson. Um, I think the Eagles win going away. I I see another blowout in this one. Game of the Eagles, minus the six. And as for the over-under, it's kind of tough. It's a little tough because, you know, at first glance, I want to take the under. But 42.5 is a pretty... Pretty low total for a a game in which I think the Eagles probably score 27, somewhere around there. You know what? It's an an NFC East game. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Um, Probably not taking that total anyways to begin with, but if I have to, I'll take the Eagles and the under. A couple of fantasy people from each team. Um... I'm going to go with, for the Eagles, I'll go with Miles Sanders. I think he probably has a big day. And then for the Washington football team, you got to like a pass catcher because they're going to be trailing. So why not Terry McLaurin? Um, I think he's probably the best option. Yeah, give me Terry McLaurin. I'll I'll take Terry McLaurin. All right, so now we're getting into the 4 o'clock games. I'm gonna go through these kind of fast because um, it looks like I'm running out of audio time. I'm using Anchor; it only gives me like an hour to record, so I'm gonna have to go through these pretty quickly. But I'm still gonna I'm still gonna um post probably like two or three times a week um, on my podcast, so you guys will be getting updates. I'll do previews for the game. I'll probably do a separate one for like fantasy and DFS, and then I'll also be releasing my picks on my social media pages. So expect updates like every two to three days um, throughout the NFL season if you guys are looking for content. But to go through these pretty quickly, rapid fire, uh, we have Chargers-Bengals. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers here. Joe Burrow's debut. Uh, I think the Chargers are going to try to throw some exotic blitzes schemes just throw some things that maybe he hasn't seen before Joe Burrow seems like a very smart polished professional quarterback and I think he will be um but in the debut I am going to go with the Chargers the Chargers aren't a sexy team by any means they're led by Tyrod Taylor who is I think a game manager at best but I think uh, the Chargers are the better team here, and I'm going to take them minus the three. Totals 42 and a half. I'd also have to lean under. Neither team excites me offensively, so probably like a 20 to 17 type of game or something like that. But I'll, I'll take the uh, the Chargers and the under. Now, this is my favorite game on the docket. It's the Bucks and the Saints. Tom Brady's debut as a Buccaneer going against Drew Brees. Now, that is a game that you want to be at home in the Lazy Boy, just chilling, maybe uh, a cold beverage in your hand, and uh, you just sit back and watch two goats throw the football. This game's definitely going over. You could have made this total at 60, and I would have taken it over. So 48 and a half is nothing. Um, as for who I like in the game, that that's kind of tough. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. The Bucks really in the in the last couple of years, and I understand that you can't really use the same data because Brady's the quarterback and not Winston. But when they whenever they've been an underdog always seem to outperform what the general public thinks about them. And uh, I think the last two years, actually, in my survivor pools, I've been eliminated by the Bucks both years because I had the Rams last year when they lost like 50 to 40 something. And then the year before that, I had the Saints going against the Bucks as like nine or 10 point favorites. And I think it was week one and they lost like 48 to 40. So, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think Brady's debut goes pretty smoothly and they win like 40, give me 45-38 Bucks. Yep, that sounds good to me. And for fantasy, take your pick. You literally you you could take anybody in this game and they'll give you a good game. Um I would take Evans or Godwin for the Bucks. And then for the Saints, you could take Kamara. You could take Mike Thomas. You could take Emmanuel Sanders. It doesn't matter. This game is going to be a shootout. Points, points, points. Easiest over on the board by far to me. And that won't change on Sunday. I'm, I'm taking this over. <laughs> um, that being said, the final score will probably be 7-3. to three. <laughs> uh, Next game on the docket We got the Cardinals and the 49ers. 49ers are seven-point favorites. Total's at 48. Kind of tough here because, again, I want to take the underdog, but I'm going to go with the Niners. I'm going to go with the Niners. Um, Cardinals are a very live dog, but I'm going to take the Niners and... I think it goes over. I think it's another game that goes over. So, give me the Niners and the over. A couple of fantasy players. I like Debo Samuel for sure for the Niners. And then I like Kenyon Drake for the Cardinals. Cowboys and Rams. The Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. The total is 52. This is the debut of SoFi Stadium. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know if it's Sophie or SoFi. Uh, but it's the new Rams stadium. Looks pretty cool, actually. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, go ahead and take a look at it. It's actually it's a it's a really nice stadium. I have to say, pretty impressed with it. I like the Rams in this one. And as for the total, I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under, but I like the Rams. So, couple of fantasy people, Michael Gallup. From the Cowboys and Cooper Cup. Or no. Uh, you know what? Give me give me Robert Woods from the Rams. Yeah, give me Robert Woods and Michael Gallup. Now, the two Monday night games. We have the Steelers and the Giants. The Steelers are six-point favorites, and the total is forty-six and a half. I feel like both Monday night games. Are going to be low scoring so I like the under and I think the Steelers win but the Giants cover the spread so Steelers win Giants cover totals 46 and a half yeah go under go under on that one and then we have the Titans and the Broncos the Broncos don't have Von Miller. Cortland Sutton now is a game time decision. But yet I'm still going to take the Broncos. I'm gonna take the Broncos and this one probably goes over 41. Barely. Uh I don't know. That's that's really tough, actually. <laughs> um Yeah, give me the over, but give me the Broncos as well. So just to recap for Monday night, we like the Steelers to win, the Giants to cover, the Broncos to win outright, and we'll take the over, although not by much. And I wouldn't place any money on the total on the Titans-Broncos game because it seems basically where it should be. Um, Fantasy players for the Monday night games, Steelers, I like Deontay Johnson, and for the Giants, of course, you have Barkley, but I also like Darius Slayton, and uh, I think Darius Slayton, who was one of the breakout stars last year, kind of continues off of that campaign into this year. The Titans, I mean, you have to take Derrick Henry. I mean, how, how do you not? Um, Yeah, I, I, you, you got to take it. Derrick Henry. And then the Broncos, a couple of different ways you could go. Uh, Melvin Gordon is one of the ways you could go. You could take Jerry Judy, which I don't know. It's it's really tough to attack this Titans team. Um, it looks like the best way to do it is with speedy receivers, which Judy is really fast uh, because if they go man to man, you can definitely take advantage of them. Um, I would go Jerry Judy or Noah Fan. Noah Fan also uh, in a game like this, I think could feast. So that is the podcast, guys. Uh, a little sloppy, but um, I'm just trying to get content out to you guys. I'm sure I'll get better as the season goes on. And uh, I have a lot of fun doing this. This was a lot of fun, guys. Um, Like I said, I will be posting content two to three times a week. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean two to three podcasts a week. That could just be, you know, picks for the day or updates or any changes that I might have made since the podcast. I could be posting DFS lineups, fantasy advice, all sorts of stuff. So make sure to make sure to follow me on social media. I have the French Joe Sports Facebook page. I'll also be making an Instagram and a Twitter, and then you can also catch me on Anchor, and I probably will do Spotify um, in the coming months, but I'm not sure how to set that up yet. But for right now, I'm just chilling. I'm having a great time talking football with you guys. Like I said, I don't do just football. This was a football episode, but I also post other content for NBA, NHL, college sports, MLB so uh this is episode one guys I hope you had a lot of fun again make sure to follow me and until next time peace out